Well, good morning once again, Bridge City Church Murraysville. How y'all doing today? Come on, let's give God a big hand, and let's give a great, great big hand to everybody joining us online. Come on, church, can we welcome them this morning? Come on, so, so awesome that you're here with us today, and we're having a great, awesome day. And, um, in case you're just jumping in right now, we as a, as a church right here in Murraysville, Bridge City Church Murraysville, just sent out 18 people out into the, uh, the, the highways and byways and the hedges and everywhere else we should go right here to invite people to church and look for people to pray for and meet practical needs. How many of y'all think that's a, that's a really good idea right there? Come on. Come on, I really do, and I'm so excited to be a part of a church that, that doesn't just exist to keep everybody in the four walls happy, but that we're here for a divine purpose, amen? Come on, is that the kind of church you want to be along to? Come on, that's the kind of church I want to belong to. Hey, before I get to the, uh, the message that I have in my heart for you today, is um, I just, I can't kind of go on without uh, just speaking to something really cool that has happened uh, just this past week in our country, and um, this past Friday, uh, in watching Roe v. Wade get reversed, wow, um, I, um, I, uh, it blew me away. I, I half cried, half was speechless, and for me to be speechless is the real miracle, but um, but I'm going to be honest, amen. I'll be honest. I was just speechless. I was so, so just overwhelmed. I'll be honest with you. Over the last 50 you know, years, I, I never thought I'd see the day. I'll be honest. I wish I could say I had more faith than that. Um, a week ago yesterday, my wife Natalie and I were at one of the Planned Parenthood sites just praying. We were just praying while we were there. And, and God was just stirring my heart. We prayed for an hour. And, um, and we went on our way. And... Uh, Little did I know that in less than a week, you know, something this great would happen. Now, I want to let you know, we still have work to do. We have work to do on a state level. Um, if, if you're not registered to vote, I urge you to get registered to vote. We still need to be vocal. But I believe that the real issue and really what we should be excited about is we have an opportunity to make a difference now. And that means stepping up. And to me, the biggest thing that screams pro-life, which we are, we are blatantly, uh, like we are a pro-life church. I mean, life begins at conception. We believe that God created life. And, um, and, and we believe that. But the best thing we could do is have the, the best marriages and the best families on the planet. Amen. Am I right? Yeah. See, that's the, real, that's the real story. That when you really look at Christianity, it's that women are valued. Women are honored. I mean, Jesus modeled that in his day and age, and we still do. And, and families are valued, and, and, and marriage is honored. Now, I know that in a group like this, statistically, and it breaks my heart to have to say this, that 50% of the people in any given church, just like ours right here, have been affected by abortion. Some people have made choices when you were younger, and guys maybe have taken a girlfriend or somebody to get an abortion. And my heart goes out to you with all compassion. But I want to say that I can't change your yesterday, but we can change our tomorrow. And um, how we're going to do that is we're going to become more involved. More involved with ministries that we have like Embrace Grace. 
helping young moms. And, and, and the, we have uh, Mary Keene, one of our outstanding youth leaders here, uh, works at a, a pregnancy center. And we're going to support and we're going to get out there. And I, I believe maybe some of you are going to become foster parents or maybe some of you are going to adopt. And my, maybe some of you who are saying, I'm too old to do that. You're still going to get involved in Jesus' name. Because now's not the time to step back and say, oh, everything's fine. No, now's the time to step forward and say, we can make a big difference. Am I in the right place today? Come on, am I in the right place? We can make a difference. And, and um, the elections coming up this year are going to be so, so monumental. And we're going to, and, and, and we're going to, we're going to vote according to God and, and biblical values. Amen? Amen? We're going to stand up for biblical values, like I said. And, but I'm just telling you, I... All the years, uh, my wife and I were just talking Friday. We just couldn't believe it. We just kept talking, and we said, all the years. And, uh, I, said, and I, I remember I, I told her, I told this story. I said, baby, remember, remember right before we got married, um, it was a pro-life um, demonstration. I got arrested, and I was in jail, and she came to visit me. And I said, baby, it wasn't in vain. Come on. <laughs> And she said, you're right. And we, both, we were both just so elated. So, so listen, I just had to celebrate, but yet also say there's room, now there's work to do. There's work to do. It's, it, it's a great victory for our country, but well, we got we to step forward into the future. Are you with me? Hey, church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, for the, the privilege of being here today with this great group of people. And man, God, they really want to know what you're saying in this moment. They really want to know what you're doing. And so, God, I just pray, Father, that you would grant me the grace to communicate today and grant me the grace to be able to, 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 to really let them know what you're saying right now, to help you, the words that you gave us in the Bible come alive and, and help us, at the end of the day, be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, come and see. Come and see. Where does this come from? In John chapter 1, verse 38, a couple guys start following Jesus. And Jesus looked around and saw them following. And he said, what do you want? Now, we could read this two ways. Like one, Jesus turned around and says, what do you want? Or we could say, Jesus like, hey, what do you want? I don't know what, see, your, your concept of God is how you'll answer that question. Like, is it like, what do you want? I just can't see Jesus doing that. That's not the Jesus. It's like, hey, what do you want? What are you looking for? That's really what he's saying. What are you looking for? And, and, and they replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Rabbi, where, 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 are, you, where are you staying? Where are you at? And, and he says, what does he say? Three words right here. Let's say them out. Red letters together. Come. There you go. Do you know what people in our world is right now? They want to know where Jesus is. You know, right now, in your neighborhood, the people you work with, your family, your friends, everybody's asking, where's Jesus at a time like this? Everybody wants to know, hey, God, where are you at? And Jesus is saying, what are you looking for? What do you want? What are you, where are you going with this? And he's like, he's like, man, you want to see where I'm staying? Come and see. I believe that today God is still alive and well right here at Bridge City Church and even the church in Pittsburgh. I believe that. And he's where his people are gathered. So if, you, if somebody says to me, where's Jesus? I say, I say you got to come with me on Sunday. you got to come and see. you got to come and see this deal. you got to come and see this Jesus. That's what he's saying right here. Because everybody is searching. Everybody's searching. You know, I am so happy that um, 42 years ago this month, I was at the Monroeville Mall, 
and I was at the Monroeville Mall, and, 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 and somebody took a chance and just started talking to me about Jesus. That was, it, I, was in, I was in a suit store, which 15-year-olds don't go to suit stores. Come on. So it was a divine moment where this guy just sat down and talked to me and two of my friends, and he just started talking about Jesus. And when I left that store, I knew, my heart was pounding, I knew there was something that he said was real. I knew that I knew something about what he said was real. I could feel it. I, could, I, could, I knew it. Well, little did I know, two months later, I would cross the bridge. That's what we say here at Bridge City Church. I cross the bridge because that's what we do. We create a bridge between, between death and life. Okay? And, and I crossed the bridge, and, and, I, and I asked Jesus Christ to be the forgiver of my past and the leader to my future. And then... A couple years later, the same person, I bumped into them, and they told me about this church that was starting, because I wasn't really in a church at that point, and they told me about this church that was starting in the basement of a Holiday Inn, and, and they said, you got to go check it out. I think you'd like it. And I went, and, and I think there was like 12 people there that day, 12 people in a little weedy basement in a Holiday Inn, and, 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 and that was, at that time, Greater Pittsburgh Word and Worship Fellowship, which then became Word and Worship Church, which now became Bridge City Church. And I tell you what, I've been here 40 years. I just can't, I just keep coming. Come on. Because at the end of this, when they found Jesus, they remained with him the rest of the day. I didn't just stay with Jesus for the rest of the day. Four decades later, here I am. The power of an invitation. My wife, we were talking yesterday. She's coming up on her 40 years of being a follower of Jesus on July 23rd. She got invited by a friend at work to a, to a tent revival. How many of y'all remember tent revivals? How many of y'all realize you're getting older? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on, yeah. And she got invited to a tent revival in White Oak, Pennsylvania, right down in White Oak to the corner of 48 and Lincoln Way. She went there. She just went to see what was happening. And Jesus got a hold of her heart. Come on. And then they, that same person says, oh, you got to come and see Jesus at the church I go to. And she started going to this church. Isn't that, isn't that good? We've been here ever since. The power of one and the power of an invitation. You never know what the power of an invitation can do. A simple come and see. Come and see all the good things that God is doing here. Luke 19.10. I'm going to give you this verse, and then we're going to launch over to Luke 15. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus read letters. Here it is. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, that's a word we don't like using in today's day and age. We don't like using the word lost. People keep telling me, Pastor, that's an offensive word. Lost. Now, you've heard of the statement, a lot of people say the statement, you know, um, I found Jesus. And everybody says, well, I didn't know he was lost. I mean, you ever hear that? I hear that all the time. Well, I didn't know he was lost. And it's just like, it's not like I found Jesus. It's more like I stumbled over Jesus. But Jesus found me, and I didn't know I was lost until I got found. And when I got found, I knew I was lost. And I'm going to tell you this, I would rather be found than lost. See, sometimes we say, wait a minute. So Jesus came to seek and save. And the three words here, came means he went from one place to another. He was searching. And that word literally means getting to the bottom of the matter. Jesus has a way to do that. We're going to get to the bottom of the matter. We're going to get to what really matters here. And then lost, causing or experiencing destruction. Those sentenced to death. Not those. Listen, people who don't know Jesus, 
And if you're here today, and if you're watching, I want to let you know, if you don't know Jesus, you came to the right place because this is why God put Bridge City Church on this planet so that, so that people could come to know him in a real way. That's why, that's why we exist. This is it. So, so people aren't just going to experience death. They have a death sentence on their lives. So how can we get more people to come and see? Let's go to Luke chapter 15. I'm going to be working through a couple verses here. I hope that you'll, 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 you'll read along here, and let's dive in together. In Luke 14, Jesus just gets done a big discourse on discipleship, being a follower of Jesus. So he gets, just gets done talking about the high cost of being a follower of Jesus. How many of y'all out there are followers of Jesus right now? Come on, I'm a follower of Jesus. So he gets done talking here, and then the tax collectors, verse 1, and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Even eating with them. Jesus is like, whoa. And so, so Jesus told them this story. So here we have Jesus. There's people complaining about the, who he's hanging out with. Now, now I just want to say, true, if you're really a follower of Jesus, that includes talking to those who don't know Jesus about Jesus. See, you can't be a follower of Jesus without talking to people about Jesus. We care about the world. That's why we sent 18 people from here right now. We sent them out to reach more people. That's the value system that Jesus had because he left heaven and came to earth for this expressed reason. See, sometimes we sit in church so long, this just becomes like rhetoric in our head. But no, that's true discipleship here. Do you know the two signs of a healthy church now, there's, there's more, but I'm going I'm to say there's two really good ones. There, there's new babies, like, like natural babies, like when kids are coming, kids' ministry, babies, and then new Christians, people that are newer to the faith. Those are two of the things that bring more life and vitality to Jesus' church than anything else. I believe that. And that's why I'm so excited right now that our nursery is overflowing right now with, with babies. Come on, I am so excited. And I prayed this morning, and we were praying this morning, that we're going to be so overwhelmed with so many babies, we're not going to know what to do. That all the babies, are, all the kids are going to have to come in here, and we're going to have to go, go find one of the rooms to meet in. I don't know. We're going to find something. No, see, that, no, I'm serious. That's one. But also people that are, that are be, be, becoming followers of Jesus. If you're a mature believer or a follower of Christ, do you know one of the number one things that you need as a mature believer? You need a newer believer to be with. That brings life to you. See, newer need more mature, and more mature need newer. Just like younger people need older people in their life, and older people need younger people. That's generational in our mindset. See, that's a generational mindset that we must protect, and it's a value we must hold to. That's what we're saying here. But these people, this is a common thing. The religious people, they didn't like this. As a matter of fact, 10 chapters earlier in Luke 5, Jesus is eating with a, with a, with a tax collector, and they're saying, why do you eat with such scum? 
Why do you hang out with such scum? And Jesus is saying, man, I didn't come that, that, that for healthy people. I came for those who need some help. And come on. Jesus cares about the lonely, the lost, come on, and the lowest. And if Jesus cared about them, then we do too. Then we do too. That's why we care. This is how we care. This is vital that we care. But I'm going to tell you this. I, 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 I get frustrated at times trying to convince Christians to still be Christians. No, I do. I get, I, get, I, get, I get frustrated trying to convince Christians to still be Christians when we're the ones who have the, who have the message to change the world. Am I right? See, we have the, we, do we really have the message that can change the world? Or do we have a nice message, to, to, a nice little teaching to hear on Sunday mornings? No, we have a message that can change the world, can change a destiny, can change lives. lives. Now, there's a saying, you know, like, now, now, how many moms out there? How many moms do we have? Okay. Now, don't raise your hand at this next question. If you have more than one child, everybody always says you have a favorite. Now, now, <laughs> now, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand if you have a favorite. Okay. Especially if they might be in the room and the other ones aren't, you know. And, uh, but everybody says like, but you know what? Like everybody says like you, you, you love all your kids the same. Now, how many of you moms agree you love all your kids the same? You agree? Okay, how many of y'all agree? Okay, <laughs> no, yes, yeah. But listen to me, listen to me. There's at times, though, when one child is hurting, don't you express more love to that child at that time? So it's not that one's more important. Like Jesus wasn't saying, I don't need all you people that have been in church. I don't need all you religious people. What he was trying to say was, when somebody's hurting, you express more love to them in that moment. You don't love differently. You love the same, but you're going to express care and compassion in a different way. See, that's what I believe the heart of God is towards those who are hurting. It's not that he doesn't, he doesn't love everybody equal. He does. Jesus expressed his love to us, amen? But he expresses it specifically to the lowest, the lonely, the lost, and the hurting, and the broken, and he uses us to do it. See, that's the love of God that's expressed. So Jesus told this story, verse 3. So here's a story Jesus told. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders here. Now he's looking for the lost. He's looking for the one. Now, sheep. Sheep are not the brightest animals. As a matter of fact, when they, when they get lost or frightened, they just sit down. And they don't, they don't do anything. Um, I mean, she, sheep wander off. Sheep go their own direction. Maybe there's a reason Jesus said he's the shepherd and we're his sheep. <laughs> Just a thought. No, see, that's what sheep do. They wander off. They wander in their own direction. They wander different places here. here. But the point is, is Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave the 99 and I'm going to go for the one. May we be a church, listen, that's searching out for the one. 
that leaves one place to go to another and restores here. And what he's communicating is sheep are a prized possession. They are valued. And I want to tell every person here today, you are valued. You are Jesus's prized possession. You are, listen, he loves you and he cares about you. That's why he came to earth to express that. And that's the message that we carry. That's the message. You are valued. You are heard. You are honored there. But you're always thinking about the one. Now, Natalie and I have five kids. And when we would go out, I'd take them to the park, or I'd take all five kids out. When we got home, guess how many she was looking for? <laughs> Eight. Sometimes there were. We'd pick up some along the way. But she wanted to know all five. She said, oh, you brought home four. Way to go. Better than the last time. You only brought home three. See, last year, um, uh, our oldest daughter got married. It was a destination wedding, and, uh, and, and one of our kids couldn't go at that point. They, they couldn't attend. You know, you know what was filling our thoughts the whole time? The one that wasn't there. The one that wasn't there. I believe that's God's heart. He's thinking about that one more. He's thinking about that one who couldn't, who couldn't be that. that. If he has the heart of a father, isn't that how he thinks? That's how I thought. We, were, we would be talking about, oh, man, I wish she could be here. I wish, wish she could have been here. Because you're always thinking that way, right? You're always thinking about that one. Because they, they have, they're valued and they're prized and they're a possession, come on, of God. Not me, possession of God. Are you with me? That's how God thinks. I believe that's how he thinks here. So let's go on, verse six. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. You know, if, we, if you want joy in your life, in your world, you know one of the best ways you can get joy restored to your life? Get involved with people finding their way back to God. It never gets old. It never gets old. It is such a joy. It's such an honor. And you know what? You just got to put yourself in a place to do it. Uh, about 10 days ago, we did this thing called a Pittsburgh missions trip. My wife and I were out. We were going door to door. And we were stopped at a street, street corner. We were waiting for people to come down. We were just standing there. We, weren't, we were just waiting, just watching up the street. And, and a car pulled up. And, and this lady just stopped and looked at us. I mean, literally, she just stopped and looked at us. And it was like, hmm, this is interesting. Here we are out trying to tell people about Jesus. And some person just stops. And we said, hi, how you doing? Oh, good. I said, we're from a local church in the area. We'd like to pray, pray for you. So we offered to pray for her and gave her an invite. Here, uh, she needed food. So we told her how to get food the next day. There was going to be a big distribution. So we told her about that. And then she immediately just started telling us, telling us the broken heart that she had. 
Now, is there anything special about my wife Natalie and I? No. We just happened to be out on the street at the right time, at the right place, looking for somebody who might need a little bit of Jesus. That's all. And this is, this is the story about every one of our lives. If we just start every day with, God, just give me one. Just give me the one. Just let me speak to the one. The power of the one. That man that worked at that suit store just stopped three teenage boys and started telling them about Jesus. The power of an invitation. That's powerful. And there's joy in that. He's like, oh, we're going to have a party now. There's such great joy. They repented here. So the purpose of this story is searching and seeking in joy about somebody valued and precious and prized. Never gets old. Never gets old. It's so exciting here. Lost. Now, I'll be honest. I only remember one time in my life ever being lost. And, and, and straying away, wandering away. Didn't do it on purpose. I was a young boy. It was at Kennywood. And I was there with my mom and a couple other moms and kids. I was real, real young. And I remember somehow I got away from the pack. And I, know, I don't know what happened. I must have just been wandering away. I'm, I'm, I'm not the most focused person on the planet. And I just wandered away. And I remember a man, I remember you know, crying. I just remember I, I burst out in tears. I just said, I'm lost. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know anybody here. A man came up to me, calmed me down. And then my mother came up to me. And, and, and after she threatened me, she said she loved me. And uh, like all moms do, come on, somebody. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, um, I was just at Kennywood last month with our little uh, niece and nephew. And uh, we got to the racers. Y'all know where the racers are. My favorite ride. I think I know why now. I got to the racers. And I remember I told my wife, I said, oh, it was right here I got lost. And I immediately had that feeling of lost again. Here I am, decades later, it was still on me. And I was like, but I, but I remember getting found. And I remember the joy of, of, of seeing my mom and my friends. And then like we could, we could ride the racers again. And so I was like, immediately that came upon me. But I think what happens to many of us as we sit in church too long is we forget that feeling of being lost. We forget that feeling that we're remembering when we were far from God, but now we're close to God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Church, I never want to forget that feeling. I never want to, re- I never want to forget the day that I met him, or maybe I, I stumbled over him, or however I met him. I know this, I met him, and I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. You don't understand See, we have to go back and revisit that every now and then. And right there at the racers, I had that feeling once again on my heart. And I was so happy. Listen, I was happy my mom found me. I was happy to be reunited where I should be. That's what I want to never, ever forget here. Okay, the next story in verse 8 here. And Jesus gets done telling that story. Then he says, or. So basically he says, hey, guys. I just gave you an illustration about a shepherd and sheep. So now I want to talk to the ladies. Tell me Jesus doesn't honor men and women. So here he is. He says, okay, I gave you that story. Now let me give you another one here. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. 
Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Yeah, this is a happy chapter. Come on, I, you should be a little more happier than this for today. Come on, I'm serious. See, some of you here today, you're just maybe a little nervous. I'm going to send you out next. And I am. Before we're done today. See, listen. So, so here's this lady. Now, this would have been tra traditionally in this moment. She would either have a, a headband or a necklace that was given to a, wom a woman when she got married. And there was typically 10 jewels or stones. In this, this Greek here, is one of those would be worth one day's wage. One day's wage for labor. That's what the Greek means there. So, that's, so it was that expensive. And if she loses that one, she's going to do everything possible to find it. She's going she's gonna, to she's gonna search the house. We're going to get lamps. We're going to get down on our hands and knees and crawl. We're going to do everything we can because that stone is precious and important. There's no like, ah, just go to the jeweler and get another one. No, there's only one like it. There's only one like it. We got to have that one. That's the important one. 32 years ago, my wife gave me a keychain that I have carried with me uh, practically every day, unless I don't have my keys with me. I carry the same keychain. It's a heart, and then there's another heart attached. And it says, love you bunches, and then 10, 14, 89, our, our date. And I carry this with me all the time for 30 years. And, and just recently, it broke. It broke apart. And it was broken apart. And um, it was like, ah, no big deal. It's been around for a while. But you know what? It was a big deal. How many of y'all, ladies especially, you know it's a big deal. Come on. And so, and so uh, I, I had the part, but it was broken. It was, it was all, you couldn't read it anymore. And so somebody here at the church helped me get it, get it fixed. And so it's going to stay on the keychain and got it all polished up and put the date back on it so you could see it. And so I just put it on my chain, uh, on a, on a keychain, and it was laying. And I didn't say anything to my wife. I just, I want to see how long it takes her to see this. Because she doesn't have my keys a lot. And so, but just the other day, we were, we were riding, we were riding in a car. And she looked down, and she went, oh. And when she lit up. And she said, you got it fixed. And she goes, oh. You, it, it's engraved again. You can see the date. You can see love you much. I mean, she was elated to it. And, and, and it made me happy. I was like, yeah, look what I did. <laughs> I said, I am pretty special. Come on, somebody. I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. Yeah, I was. I was thinking it. But see, see, see she knew I was broken, and she, she actually thought it was just not going to get fixed. But it got fixed. I put it right back on. I said, baby, I put it right back on. I'm going to carry this all the days of my life. Because it's special. It's prized. It's not about just go get another keychain. Listen, when you're missing from God's plan and God's house, it's not like he says, I'll just go get another one. No, when you're missing, God goes looking for you. Have you experienced that? When you wander away, God comes looking for you. 
God goes looking every time because he's going to find you because you have value and you're a prized possession. And that's the way he sees you. And when she found that, there's more joy and there's more happiness. There's more of all those things because they got restored here. So what's the three things? What are the three things, come on, that we use to search for the lost? Number one, we got to have the heart of the Father. Number two, the Word of God. The lamp is the Word of God if you read Psalm. And then number three, we need some determined and intentional effort. That means I'm going to be determined and I'm going to be intentional to get as many people as I know an invitation to come to church. Now, on your seats right now, there's invitations on your seats there. Some of them say this could change your life. Some of them say, I'll sit with you next Sunday. They're different ones. I want, make my joy complete today. How many of y'all want want, want a happy pastor? Come on. I I want all these invitations to go with you today. Come on, I don't want the ushers running around here cleaning them up just to, just to tell me they were all taken. I want you to take these. I want you to invite your friends. I want, you to, I want to have the spirit of invitation on you because this is what being a follower of Jesus is. It's a place where we get to invite as many people. How many of y'all are gonna take these with you? How many of you are going to carry, with, carry them with you? And if you need more, you're going to, there's more back here, and you're going to grab a hold of them, and you're going to get it back out there, and you're going to say, I want to invite everybody to come. I want everybody to experience this because what he did for me, he can do for you because there is a, there's, there's, the, the, angels in heaven are rejoicing. But you know what? Sometimes we, get, we fall into a, well, you know, if too many people come here, there's not going to be enough love of God to go around. And sometimes we just think, I get too busy, I get distracted. Sometimes it's easy. Now, how many of y'all get frustrated with your cell phone company? When they start giving away free stuff to new customers. Don't you? It's like, why do they get a free phone? I've been faithful. I've been paying my bill. I've been doing all those things. And you give them a free phone. Why do they get a free phone? Now, sometimes it's going to feel like that. If you serve God long enough, you're going to think all the new people, they get all the attention. I don't want new people here because I want the attention. No, I'm, I'm being honest. But sometimes we do that. But I'm telling you right here at Bridge City Church Murraysville, we got two problems you're going to help me solve. One is, is we're going to have to get to two worship times because we got to make room for more. This is imperative. Well, I just like it the way it is. I, I, listen, I, we're here to make heaven bigger. Jesus likes crowded places. He likes banquets that are full. He likes houses that are full. Read the gospels. Now, every time they got full, he'd preach a hard message and some of them would leave. You know, that whole message, eat my flesh and drink my blood. I'm like, I'm out. Every now and then he does that, but we'll let Jesus do that. We're not going to determine that. Are you with me now? And so what I'm asking you to do is will you jump on a team? And so we have a nursery that's overflowing, and we're going to need 20-plus children's ministers to make this happen. Well, Pastor, where are you going to get them? <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. No, I'm looking at a whole bunch of them right now. Why can't you help? Why wouldn't you want to help a family? Why can't we work together to do this? 
So if you think getting sent out to the trail to invite people are rough, come on, we're going to keep it going now. We're going to keep this going because lives are at stake. Children's lives are at stake. And I'm excited that we get to make a difference with it. I'm excited that we can have the, the, the Father's heart here. Hey, I want to read to you one more story. This isn't a parable. This is something that was recorded in the Bible. It's happened in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. What an awesome story here. And here we go. When Jesus, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Okay, Jesus is home. Remember people wanting to see Jesus, where does he live? Remember people in your world, they want to know where Jesus is. And you know where Jesus is, right? You know where he is. And so they want to know where's Jesus, where's he at? And so here they come here. And so quickly he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room even outside the door where he was preaching God's word to them. See what I'm saying? He shows up. He's doing stuff. And there's like so much. They're like packed out the door, out into the street. This is, what I, this is when it gets good. This is exciting here. Because this is the way I believe God thinks here. This is the way Jesus thinks here. He likes packed houses. Everybody's coming to see him. This is what it is. This is the heart of God here. And so then verse, verse 3, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Right down in front of Jesus. Jesus is preaching so eloquently here. He's ministering. And all of a sudden, can you just see a man being lowered down? No, this, this isn't a story. This isn't a parable. This is, this is what happened. Because the house was so full, they couldn't get this one man in. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, my child, your sins are forgiven. This is a really cool outreach. So let me tell you what it really looks like here. I'll be back. We're going to go get some people. <laughs> no, this is, this is what a real outreach looks like. Oh, we can't get them to Jesus? No problem. We're, we're going to find a way through that roof. Now, some of you are saying, well, the, what's it mean they dug through the roof? Typically, there would be planks, and then they would put dirt or moss over it and then put another tile or, or, or over it. So they didn't, so they, so they had a, it says literally that they ripped off. They broke through the roof. There was a hole in the roof. So here's these guys, they can't get their friend to Jesus, and they're like, okay, I got this. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go get some, let's go get some people for Jesus. I know some of you want me to fire this up. Those who know me say, please don't. Just please don't. Just, 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 just leave it the way it is. There's a reason they put this cover on here. Come on, but this is the outreach right here. This is like, man, we are going to go get some people, and we're going to do whatever we can to get them to Jesus. Are you willing to cut a hole in the roof to get somebody to Jesus? Do you know what's interesting? In all three places, this, this occurrence occurs here. All three, Jesus says the same thing, seeing their faith. 
What did Jesus see? Their faith. He didn't just say, I'm seeing the faith of the one. No, I'm seeing all y'all faith. To be able to reach out, to be able to do something that really matters here. We're going to go get some people and we're going to rip a hole in the roof if we have to. But we're going to do whatever it takes to see as many people as possible meet Jesus. That's what kind of church I want to be a part of. Where we're going to do everything possible to see kids on fire for Jesus and see students on fire for Jesus. We're going, we're going, we're, we're going, to, we're going to cut a hole in the roof. How determined, how determined are you to get a friend to Jesus? What lengths would we go to? What lengths would we really go to if we really knew somebody was sentenced, had a death sentence, but we had the power to stop it? Would there be anything we would do? Would there be any, anything that would be, oh, that's too hard, that's too expensive? I don't think so. That's why I'm asking you to go out and invite as many people as you can. Just a simple invite. Just hand them that invite. Would you come and see what Jesus did for me, he can do for you. Would you stand to your feet with me? We still have a lot more scheduled for you this morning. And I'm just so thankful that you're with us today. I'm so thankful that you're here. I can't wait to hear from the 18 people that went out and they come back. You're going to tell, like, you tell us what happened. So exciting. Hey, can't close up this, can't close this one up without asking you a really serious question. Do you have a date, a time that Jesus Christ became the forgiver of your past and the leader of your future? Where you asked Jesus Christ to be in charge of your life? I mean, this is the most important question I could ever ask you. And I know that we live in a day and age where people say, Pastor, you're not allowed to say people are lost anymore. And you're not allowed to talk about sin, but in those verses I just read, there's such a thing as being lost and there's such a thing as being a sinner that hasn't been forgiven and doesn't have Jesus leading your life. That's what Jesus said. So I want to ask you right now in this moment, if you'd like to make today your day, your moment, where Jesus Christ is now in charge of your life, where you confess with your mouth, I'm a sinner, I've messed up, and I believe in my heart, I confess him now that he's in charge. Lord, I believe there's many people here right now, God, that are in this moment, that need the amazing grace, the amazing grace of being once was lost, but now I'm found. Move on their hearts, even now. Move on those watching right now. Move on their hearts, Lord. If you're here today and you're saying, I want to make sure, I want today to be my day that I'm, I, I meet Jesus in a real way. I just want you just to simply lift up your hand. If you're online with us, let us know right now. Just lift up your hand and say, man, that's me. I need today to be my day. 
anybody here at all today, I need today to be my day. Lord Jesus. Father God in heaven, I thank you so much, Lord, that next week and a week after and a week after that, that many people would come to know you, Father. Let it be so here at Bridge City Church, Lord. Let us represent you well in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm so excited about the amazing grace of God. Are you excited about the amazing grace of God? Come on. Let's sing together. And then then Pastor Eric is going to come up with Jared and wrap us up. We have baptisms after that. But can we sing about the amazing grace of God? With all we have, church, let's worship together.